0: Maybe you went to a championship one day. Get that gold jacket like I never got. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives this shit? And we're back. It's
1: episode lucky number 13, or unlucky, I guess you might say. Uh, Kelsey Lachlan and Brady Stiff and our research bitch, Owen Stiff. How are you guys?
2: Wonderful. Even better now that we get to say that on air. (laughs) Actually Uh, introduce him. Oh, and
1: a a lot of people have taken to the whole research bitch thing. Um, You know, we, we, (laughs) we celebrated grandma's birthday over the weekend and uh, introduced her to what a podcast is. And, um, I know mom was thrilled with uh, the fact that the research bitch has made it to air. So congratulations.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I think I caught the back half of that conversation with grandma and, (laughs) <laughs> the, the pathway to help her understand the podcast was fantastic. But I think she caught on. She got to hear about 30 seconds, but then everyone was talking over it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to it.
2: Yeah. We'll, we'll, well get it. She there. now has a new nickname for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cute. Hi, grandma. Oh, hey, research bitch. How are you?
0: It was the talk around the uh, the, the dinner, dinner lunch, whatever we had, table. Uh, uh, there's a research bitch, research bitch. And it's just... 94 year old grandma just sitting there be like, oh my God, <laughs> family of failures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So a little bit later on uh, in this episode, we will talk with uh, a, a young, a young man named Jack Corzon. He is a professional golfer. He is originally from the Chicago area. I think you said he's from Downers Grove originally. Um, he is playing professional golf in Florida trying to make it on the PGA Tour uh, at some point and uh, we're going to hear his story and uh, it was actually a really good conversation about um, you know what it sort of takes to be uh, a professional trying to make it in a pay-to-play model and you know just what he has to go through on a weekly basis um, you know to to try and make it in the professional golf world so uh, I think you'll enjoy that conversation Uh, but first Owen please tell us what we fucked up last week.
0: Uh, not as much as the previous week. So thank you. Uh, it was, you know, a lot less taxing and um, but uh, yeah, the, you look
2: overtaxed. Owen. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, yeah, the, the wrinkles and the gray hairs really started coming in after the last episode. <laughs> um, but all right, we'll start it off. So, um, you, you probably didn't expect me to actually look into this one, but I did ask mom and dad when they think you stopped growing. I, I, and didn't we tell mom, you to do that? Mom said age 15, and dad, I think, gave you the benefit of the doubt and said age 17. Um,
1: so we'll call it 16. And that makes sense because
0: I think around when I went to junior high is when um, I surpassed you. But then we, we became a really good two-on-two combo because Brady was a point guard and and I could be the quote unquote big man. And we pretty much just played Kevin, Kelsey's husband and Brian, and it made for a good matchup. So, uh, mom said age 15 and dad said age 17 for the height or the age at which Brady stopped growing.
2: I just want to point out that the best part about this being Owen is that he does not pull punch.
0: (laughs) I
1: expect nothing less. It makes it
0: good.
2: Dang.
0: <laughs> I was explaining my my new um, addition to this podcast to a buddy of mine, and he was like, yes, yeah, so what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm basically um, their fact checker research bitch, but I basically just get to correct Brady, and that's great <laughs> because I've been doing that for 29 and a half years. So really, <laughs> I don't have to learn any new skills. Very um, early on. And it's, it's an official capacity. Uh, so, that was the first one. Uh, Number two, uh, you guys were talking a lot about Randy Johnson and the day that he killed the bird. The anniversary for that is March 24th of 2001. Got Um, it. What, trivia question, what are the odds, and this is a very loosely um, loose fact here, but what do you think the odds were of that happening?
1: 10 million to one.
0: Kelsey. A
2: billion to one.
0: So according to, uh, it seemed like a blog, I'm going to be honest, I did not research very far. They, what they, they yeah, said. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: I could quote them, but there's probably a copywriting issue in there that we, we don't have a legal team for. Um, but 84 million to one. Ooh.
1: 84 million. Wow.
0: Yeah. Ooh. And they went very far into it. I mean, it seemed legit. Talked about cubic feet in, the, in a baseball stadium. And so... 84 million to one were the odds of Randy Johnson hitting that bird. And not only did he hit it, but that bird is gone. Um,
2: 21 years ago or 20 years ago. So I hope it's gone by now. Gone, But, but not wait, forgotten. Wait, Owen, I have a follow up. Yes. I, want, I want you to look into who killed the like goose on a roller coaster. I feel like there was a celebrity who was on a roller coaster and like broke his nose while killing a goose Fabio. no was it really
0: mm, march 30th 1999 according to this youtube clip. march
2: is a bad month for birds and celebrities
0: <laughs> i mean they're just making their way back into the midwest and they're just not welcome here yet <laughs> um sticking with our theme of definitions brady you use the word circuitous and so i fact checked you to ensure that that was Correct. And indeed it was. Um, we were talking about the route that we took to get to Columbus, Ohio, and you defined it as circuitous, the definition of circuitous of a route or journey longer than the most direct way. Oh. Nice job, Brady. So it doesn't Thank have you. to
2: be circular, it just Does has not. to be not interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and it can include gravel roads, apparently. <laughs> uh, I thought your claim was
2: that they were not gravel. <laughs>
0: They were not gravel recently but paved. I don't, I'm not going to continue to argue my point there, but I think the, the listeners understand they were not gravel. <laughs> uh And last but not least hall of fames in Ohio.
1: Oh, this is a good one. Yes. You <laughs> yes. Do have
0: the pro football hall of fame that Canton. is in Canton. Yep. We the rock and roll hall of fame. Was Cleveland, in Cleveland, yep. Cleveland uh-huh. rocks. Uh-huh. The last one coming out of Dayton, Ohio, the national aviation hall of fame.
1: That makes sense. Isn't that where the Wright brothers were born? Was Dayton, Ohio? Indeed.
2: So even though Kitty Hawk is their famous flight city, right? Okay. Oh, see, I'll admit I did not know that. That's not what I thought it was at um, all, but I feel good that we learned that.
0: I'm pretty sure I saw the National Accountants Hall of Fame, if that... (laughs) serves of any interest to anybody. That is but the
1: nerdiest Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. I would look into this, though. This place looks pretty sweet. If you're ever going through Ohio, make a stop in Dayton. Oh, we place touched a lot of massive. parts
1: of Ohio last weekend on the way
0: to Columbus, In And your Owen. circuitous route. <laughs> yeah, there that's circuitous right. circuitous route yeah. to <laughs> Dublin, Ohio, Ireland. Um, yeah, so Dayton, Ohio. And that actually explains why Dayton University is the Flyers. Uh...
3: Yeah.
2: I feel like this is going to come two two in handy together. when one of us makes it on Jeopardy. Aaron Rodgers,
1: Aaron Rodgers wants to be the full-time host of Jeopardy while also playing quarterback. <laughs>
2: that and man you, can do it all, and he, I'd watch him do really,
1: it. Apparently, he's like a Jeopardy fanatic. like watched film of Alex Trebek preparing for his two-week stint as the guest host of Jeopardy. I mean, he's, he like doesn't he's like know all how to in. do it
2: any other way. He's like, this is how I prepare for football. This is how I yeah. will also prepare for jumping. Yeah.
0: You know what? The, now the real question is, is does he have the capability for music as well?
1: Sports, random trivia, and music. And but music.
2: perhaps he is somebody who plays sports but doesn't like to watch sports. I think he because, likes to watch sports. I mean
1: Spoiler he
0: likes alert. to watch the other team's defenses and he picks
1: them up. <laughs> yeah, or... he's very good at that.
2: I was referencing our guest later because oh, yeah. he's yeah. a golfer who does not like to watch sports Yeah, and yet he golfs for a living.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Sure that, that blew I my mind. Back. And I, he's not the first athlete who I've, um, you know, heard, heard say that, you know, I've heard a lot of, not a lot, but several other athletes, you know, give interviews where they say, um, you know, I, I don't really watch a lot of, you know, other teams play. I just, I go to work, I, I play and that's it. I, I, you know, I, I suppose it's kind of like our jobs, right? I mean, Kelsey, you don't spend time in, in your off time thinking about, you know, ways of customer servicing. And <laughs> Okay,
2: but I'll be honest. I get super judgy when I, like, call a place yeah, and they're assholes. I can or see that. When I, yeah, when I go somewhere and I'm like, ooh, mm Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> You're okay, that, Karen. I'm not that much of a Karen, but you know what I mean. Um, I would say I'm
0: probably in the realm of work outside of work with being an athletic trainer injuries. But I feel like that's more common in a healthcare field because you are asked questions outside of work about like, Hey, this hurts. Could it be, what do you think it could be? Um, but yeah, even like watching sports, I get very curious and look into injuries.
1: Yeah. I was going to say like watching sports and, and someone gets hurt, you know, it's, it's like, that's when you, you know, I don't want to say get turned on, but I mean, that's, that's
0: your
3: time.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> you but said I mean, it. So yeah. But you said
3: <laughs> it. and we're not going to edit that out.
0: <laughs> no we're not um, but that wraps it up that is Liquid. the things that, that you guys I guess quote unquote messed up but also things that I found interesting in the last show so keep them coming awesome, awesome.
2: we'll give you plenty for today <laughs> I don't know if that's true
1: so, so Kelsey this, a this was a, a big week um, uh, for me at least I, I got to go back into the office full time for the first time <laughs> since middle of March uh, a year ago um, Dang. you know, I, you know what it was, I, I told my boss, I was like, man, I just need a, a change up in routine. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I need to like get back to what I was doing pre pandemic, you know, um, before going back in the office, you know, we, we start the day at seven I'd wake up at seven twenty. you know, um, stroll downstairs and, and ready to go. And I wouldn't shower till after work. And I I needed uh, a change and, and, you know, get back to the routine. And I feel like we're getting
2: because you smelled.
1: Yeah, Uh, I feel like we're getting closer and closer and closer to, you know, opening the doors again. In fact, we just heard from our company that July is our target date for uh, fully opening the doors for anybody who wants to come back in. And hopefully by then more and more people will be vaccinated and, and we're on track to do that. But I guess time will tell. Uh, but I, I I said to my boss, I was like, man, I, I need to change the scenery. I need to come back in. I, I don't care that there will be nobody there. Uh, it, it is rather lonely on my side of the office because nobody else is in. But yeah, I'm back to a routine. And I, I kind of like that.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say um, the space thing at home is very problematic or challenging for me because i was planning to put so we have a desk in the basement it's where our desktop is um and yes i still have a desktop it's what i scrapbook on big screen real great um but it's got um you know no real windows so you're in a basement and it's quite cold and also there's uh, every toy imaginable all over the floor so <laughs> You know, I spent all of my time down there when we were doing the holiday rush um, because I just needed to completely focus, would lock the door and literally not come up for eight hours. Yeah. Um, Nine hours, actually. Um, But now I am like, "Mm, I don't really want to be down there all the time. So I've been like back at the main table, which is where I am now. But then if there are kids here that day, blah, blah. So like my, my, my workstation is rotating and it's really difficult for me at this point to be like. I just need something permanent, but my husband won't let me put something permanent where there are windows in light <laughs> because he's like, we have a perfectly good workstation in the basement.
1: <laughs> well, and, and he's working from home too, right? I mean, that's part of the challenge. No, oh, not is he, anymore. Is he, is he back, he, you
2: know, yeah. taking so house From calls? October to February, he was home every day and that was definitely a challenge. So he would be upstairs in the bedroom the whole time. On like a like a folding table, like a not um T V tray, right? Like mm-hmm. that was his desk. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, nothing crazy in like a like a professional setup or anything. I mean I've I've seen what you do at home sometimes. And, yeah, you know, I've seen different iterations of it. Yeah. Fairly you know, at least official kind of setup.
1: Well, and I, I had the two monitors, so I needed some room. I yeah. needed some space. It was well, it's yeah. not just a laptop.
2: Exactly. So we we didn't have that. We've been like really confined. I think some ways by our own whatever to these littler spaces and stuff. And so for me, it's kind of like I need to just bite the bullet and realize I'm going to be doing this for the foreseeable future, because like I said, we're probably going to get rid of our building um, and just need to like find a place that's actually above yeah. ground and <laughs> well, what, <laughs> not I freezing mean, in the winter. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Yeah. What, what about one of the rooms in, you know, the, the extra rooms or, or has, Adam taking that over, and now you have
2: yeah. No so we have a three-bedroom house. We have our our master, um, and then we have uh, each of the boys has a bedroom, um, and because they're at home twice, two to three times a week, I can't be in there because they'll be napping in it. So it's like literally, my bedroom is the only room that I can kind of guarantee never has anyone in it. Um, but I'm not permitted to put up a desk because.
1: Interesting. My
2: husband's a jerk and he doesn't listen to this. So I don't have to worry about all the nasty things I say (laughs) about him. In Um, fact, I feel like, I feel like there's room to really milk the fact that he does not listen to this. I
1: have an idea. Um, has there been, um, a healthy habit that you've developed since work from home, Uh, like uh, within your, within your routine?
2: Um, I don't know if I'd call it a healthy habit, but um, I do laundry and dishes while I'm home. Yeah. Um, So I have some break times and and occasionally can cook at the end of the day. It depends on how much I care about work that day, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, But I I don't know if it's necessarily healthy. And in fact, we were talking a little bit before we started here, like I am probably my most unhealthy that I've been in a really long time. So I got myself a step Step counter. <laughs> got myself fucking water bottles, twenty ounce water bottles. <laughs> I pee constantly because I'm drinking, <laughs> because so, you're much drinking water. so much water. Yeah. So not being at work is great because like being able to pee in your own bathroom has got to be the best part about <laughs> working from home. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Playing but, home but games I, constantly.
2: Because I don't have a workspace, I actually like will occasionally. This is the first time I've done it. I've done it now though twice in like a week. I literally sat in bed and worked one day. Didn't even get out of bed. It was amazing. It's the yeah, first I think
1: I think work from home allows you that opportunity. Um, and, and I'm I'm with you on the the getting shit done. You know that that would have to wait till after work hours or the weekend. Laundry, dishes. Um, you know whatever household chores. You,
2: travel. Ho- I mean, cutting the travel too. Yeah. Like, Save I a lot on gas. Even- If I'm not even cutting into like work time, I'm giving myself another probably half hour in the morning Mm -hmm. to get things done. Mm -hmm. And right at five o'clock, I can start making dinner. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was like,
2: that's very different.
1: The last couple of days being back in the office, I've woken up a whole hour earlier than, you know, not being in the office. So that'll be a change. I had to, I had to really think about um what time I used to get up I had no idea what time I used to get up in the morning <laughs> when I had to you know get up get, uh, get showered right exactly <laughs> exactly um Kelsey I suppose I buried the lead maybe I should have done this first but last night um Baylor beats Gonzaga for the national championship of college basketball as the NCAA tournament comes to an end and I, t- I texted you last night or maybe it was this morning, mm. but I feel so vindicated that Gonzaga lost the national championship because I had railed so hard against against Gonzaga and the whole Gonzaga thing. So Because um, you're petty. No, I understand a little why bit, you're vindicated. Yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, I laughed
2: because I was doing my dishes today <laughs> during work um, and thought to myself, oh, shit, I don't know who won. I guess I better find out. And because my hands were wet doing dishes, I asked my Alexa and she told me, this, she's going to talk to me now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she never shuts up. She told me the score and I texted you and said, yeah, she just told me that. And I thought that was like the perfect summary of how we do things. <laughs> I'm like I didn't watch it did you uh, I just found out from my speaker and you're like yeah they got their asses kicked and yeah. I'm vindicated I'm like this is very perfectly you
1: <laughs> so okay here's here's why partly why I'm so vindicated um, Saturday night with the final four games mm-hmm. uh, the Baylor game was not close but the UCLA Gonzaga game was an instant classic overtime Gonzaga wins on a 35-foot buzzer beater off the backboard, just absolutely something. devastated UCLA. And um, I, I know I, I had live bet UCLA mid-game, got four to one, and you know was really hoping that they'd be able to pull that one out. Um, so uh, Owen knows this, but um, our, our Rebels softball chat tends to get. Um, I don't know if it's out of hand but um it was it was it was popping on saturday <laughs> night when uh when that game finished you don't
2: mute it i mute text chains Some,
1: like that. sometimes sometimes i do but um don't
2: tell kevin but his family has one
1: <laughs> remember and he will d- be like
2: 78 and yeah. i'm like
1: what <laughs> yeah um do you guys use group me or is it just a like a text thread it's just a text thread oh that's the it's worst just- that's the worst. I we, mute
2: it. I hide the alerts. We and use, I sometimes I go back and sometimes
1: we use group me and, uh, we, we've done a pretty good job of, of keeping relevant information to the tournament talk section, but then we have it like uh. a social chat to where, you know, we can talk about getting together for the weekend or, or whatever. So, uh, our attention turned to the basketball on Saturday night. And, uh. um, Uh, I had had a couple drinks and started railing against Gonzaga. um, And so I I bet one of my teammates straight up that Gonzaga would lose. And he actually gave me two to one odds. Um, He paid me my $40 at the eight minute mark of the second half last night. (laughs) He was that. And it, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Baylor was up by 30. They were up by like 12, 13, 14, 15. They got it to like 19 or 20 a couple times, but honestly, Gonzaga never threatened. So wow. uh he was okay. that like confident that Gonzaga was gonna lose well, at the eight minute mark of the second have a guy half. To give it back yeah, well, won, of course. That was a, a poor a, decision. Absolutely. But start. I was like I was like, man, this game is far from over. You're just trying to jinx Baylor that they're gonna <laughs> that they're gonna <laughs> hold on to this lead. But that was uh that was a dominating performance. And I know that um you know, that, that Gonzaga team was uh, probably better than Gonzaga teams in the past. You know, I, I've said before how they don't play anybody in their league and they don't get tested between, you know, January and the start of the tournament when they play Pepperdine and UC Santa Barbara uh, teams that really aren't a threat to what Gonzaga does year in and year out. It's a good program. It's a great program. But they haven't won the big one yet, and i, I feel I do feel vindicated. I'm not going to lie for for railing so hard against Gonzaga and uh, and picking Baylor uh, after the fact. Of course, I, I think I picked Illinois in my original bracket, which this is the first time in a long time. I don't think I had a single. Well, I think I, no, I didn't have Gonzaga. I don't think I had a single team in the Final Four in my bracket. I threw it out a long time ago, but uh, I think I went zero for four in the Final Four. I killed you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Even though
2: Gonzaga didn't win, I it's still okay. Killed you, yeah, and I feel vindicated. <laughs>
1: Kelsey, also uh, the the first week of baseball, uh, I was going to say well I really like to talk. Yeah, <laughs> about well underway. This
2: the Sox seem to poop the bed on defense every single time.
1: Yeah, I've heard Nick Madrigal's not been great.
2: <laughs> oh my god, it, it's just it's been like kind of painful to watch. And um, Kevin's had, I think they're on the or they were on the West Coast, um, so they, they were still are tonight.
1: I think are they right?
2: tonight? The last one? I don't know. But well, today's the sixth. I don't think they're playing. Uh they open they, at home on the eighth, which is Thursday.
1: Thursday. So yeah, I think they have are. they probably have tomorrow in because 'cause they're in Seattle, right? I think right now. Owen can can chime in if you want unmute yourself there, oh.
2: <laughs> is he doing the was, chicken dance? <laughs> I was
0: I was muted. I was muted. I, I, I there's I some
1: road myself. noise behind you, and yeah, it was a little distracting. They
0: are they are in Seattle tonight and tomorrow, and then they open up at home against the Royals on Thursday.
1: Tough start to the season for Sox fans. Staying up late all those nights, man, that's tough. Cubs uh, got to open at home.
2: Yeah, the well, the home opener, by the way, is always a really fun one um, for uh, anyone related to Sue Barch. Because I've told you, she's the Sox fan, you know, in my family before Kevin became my family. And um, she always with the grandkids does like super traditional fun opening day kind of stuff. Like hot dogs, peanuts, Cracker Jacks, Cracker Jacks, all the good shit. Um, We will watch uh, like as much of like a baseball thing as my kids will watch because they they kind of on a game. But it's it's really like a lot of fun, and she does it every year. And this, this year she goes, "Oh my god, I missed opening day!" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, we'll do the home opener; it'll be fine." So well,
1: yeah, the the op- op- opening up on the West Coast that's that's rough. Like nine o'clock first pitch for a, it's adults is not fun.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you can watch the first few innings, but I mean, even even somebody like me who's more of a night owl, I mean, I'm I'm falling asleep by the sixth inning.
2: Yeah, and and that's not what I am either. So it's definitely I'm more of a a, a day gamer. Um, I just hate when they're on the West Coast because of how late it starts. It's not even like it's just like an hour later. It just seems ridiculously late every time. And then you can't ever um, end up watching. Well, I can't ever end up watching a full game. But um, I definitely saw. God, who was it? Was it Louis Robert? Um, just totally messed up a catch and ended up hitting him right in the. Oh head. yeah, that's was, right. Oh, I'm sure it's been on like every recap there is. but it was Definitely just not top ten to on,
1: on Sports fan. Center. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the this, bottom ten. <laughs> right, exactly, and you know we as as baseball fans, it's so easy to get caught up in the first few games of the season, even though it's just one of one sixty two. Right, the Cubs really sucked on opening day and then won three straight and uh i'm not sure if it's over yet but i know they were losing to the brewers tonight um so you know you you just got to tell yourself in these games in april while they do count the same as a game in september it's one of 162 and it is is a marathon and it's the first time in a couple years we get the marathon right last year was a 60 game sprint and the cubs start 13 and 3 and that's really what won them the division because they they hung on for dear life the the next that would be 44 games right 60 minus four, uh, 16 yeah 44 I'll believe you sure. <laughs> and then um and then the White Sox you know falter late and end up finishing second both teams made the playoffs but um you know all as all well last season even though both teams you know shit the bed in the playoffs but uh it's gonna be a fun baseball season um we'll, we'll see what happens um Going forward, but uh, Kelsey, without further ado, let, let's get to our guest. Um, so uh, I, I do have to say thank you to my uncle Dave because he was the one who suggested Jack uh, to be on the podcast. Uh, my uncle Dave has caddied for Jack for a long time and has been a supporter of Jack. And uh, Jack Corzana, as I mentioned earlier, is a young professional golfer originally from the Chicago area, is living and playing down in Florida, trying to make his way. To the PGA Tour. So without further ado, let's bring on Jack Corzon. Kelsey, it's Masters week, and uh, the players are getting prepped down in Augusta, Georgia, and it's always a fun time of year, especially now that we get the Masters back at its appropriate time. Uh, the first major of the year. Always early to mid-April and uh, last year, of course, the Masters in November having been moved because of COVID. But um, I thought it'd be an appropriate time to have our next guest. Um, Jack Corzon is a golf professional playing in Florida, originally from the Chicago area. Um, I I'm going to bring him on here and let him tell his story a little bit, but, um, I, I found it interesting just the way he's earning his living these days. So Jack, welcome. And, uh, why don't you you tell us a little bit about, uh, the backstory and how you ended up playing professional golf in Florida?
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, so I always knew I wanted to play, uh, some professional sport when I was younger. Um, baseball was my first uh first passion and then uh, i picked up a a stick when i was about 11 years old and and golfed and uh, within the first year is my favorite sport so um you know i continued my passion on with baseball for a little bit but i shortly uh after that golf took over um and ever since then it's just been kind of grinding and practicing and and loving the game Uh, i went to lewis university which is in chicagoland area Uh, romeoville people Know that area. Um, played there for four years, and by about my junior year, um, I figured that the way I was tracking, I was good enough to to try and go pro. So, I made a commitment there, got myself all prepped, and uh, I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. And that's a, that's a short take on it. Awesome.
1: So, so um, yeah. If if I read correctly, you you started as a walk on at Lewis, and um, how, how quickly did you make mm-hmm. the uh, the starting roster? I guess because I, I guess I'm not really sure how college yeah. golf works.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, so college golf is um, the, there's only five guys that play. I mean, of, of any sport, that's got probably the the least amount of players, um, you know, per base on the team. There's only five guys that travel, so it's really cutthroat. Um, wow. But yeah, I, you know, I I was a walk on. I, I was I was good in high school, but like, I felt like I was always shooting beneath my potential, and so I never really got some looks um, from colleges. Uh, I always had a good swing, but just wasn't putting the scores together so uh you know lewis university popped into my eye because it was so close by and also um my uh my golf coach who uh, i've been with him for, for since i started golf 12 uh, 12 years his name's uh, tim troy he he owns a um a driving range uh, over in uh woodridge uh zigfield troy but anyways uh his his brother dennis troy was the coach for lewis university so I applied to Lewis University, Uh, I knew I was going to be a walk on uh, for the team. And that's the only place I applied for and, uh, you know, made it made it on the team. um, And just kind of rode the sixth spot, I was in that spot where I was right about to be in the top five. But my freshman year was just back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, it's a big jump to go it's it you take these little leaps, you know, from from high school or just even getting on the high school team, you know, from before high school to high school and then high school to college is, is another jump then to your starting spot in college and then college to pro. And there's so many of these little leaps you got to take. And, uh, the whole first year, you know, I tried and tried, I, you know, I couldn't get on the top five, but, you know, I applied myself and, and by sophomore year, um, I, I was good enough and I made about the three, four spot uh there and then junior and senior i became the number one for the team and and so it was it was kind of a cool ride to to walk on um to lewis as a you know as basically walk on while these other guys were getting scholarships and then i started slowly passing them on to to be the captain my last year so um it was a wild ride
1: yeah yeah i can imagine um yeah i, I knew that there was like um uh, i guess teams for golf but i mean it's played individually right Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing because like college golf is its own animal in itself. So you, you're, you're always playing individually. But when you play in a team, the way it works is uh, you're, you're taking you got five guys and you take the top four scores. So, you know, it, it's a weird dynamic because you're rooting for your guys. But if you're in that like five spot, four spot or that six spot, they call it like the chopping block you're kind of rooting for your guys, but at the same time, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's a weird dynamic. You want to make sure you do better than them and, and uh, you know, and and you're rooting for your team, but the team dynamic gets a little bit, uh, um, you know, better fun when you're trying to go for like regionals and nationals and, and just play. So uh, it's the best golf uh, I've ever played. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool to just go on trips with guys. Obviously your college years, you're drinking, you're having fun and, and uh, and you just, it's just it's just some of the best golf. And and on top of it, you know, when you when you turn pro, you realize really quickly how good you had it in college. Because in college, <laughs> you get paid right off the bat. You know, scholarship to to earn a uh, earn a degree and uh, and play golf. But once you uh, once you're done with a uh, uh, college golf, then you're on, out on your own and you got to find ways to pay for stuff.
1: Well, and that's, that's a parallel to the real world, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> once, once you're out yeah. of college, um, yeah, you, <laughs> you got to get a job and pay the bills. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, Kelsey, uh, your young son, Ben was trying to make an appearance.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Apologies <laughs> for Jack as he's trying to give this lovely interview and, uh, Ben was wrestling my headset away from me because all he (laughs) wanted to do was say hi to brady he has a crush on brady um and my my apologies he's now in bed <laughs> Father has yeah. taken care of him, and we could focus on this interview.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, he, he a... sensed
1: we were talking about golf and, and came running because mm. golf runs in the family <laughs> there.
2: Yeah, that's true. We were just uh, over the weekend, Easter weekend, we got mm-hmm. together with my in laws um, and we're kind of discussing whether he's going to be a lefty or a righty in mm-hmm. a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Um, And we had the T, the T out for T ball and he's definitely going to be a lefty Yes, as far as that goes. Does he throw
4: righty or is he, does he, he uh...
2: seems to throw more righty. Mm -hmm. um, Although he can maybe throw a little bit with the left. Mm -hmm. Um, He eats and writes lefty. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for sports purposes, we're just trying to figure out how best to coach him. Um, And my father-in-law who is also um, he writes and eats lefty as well. Yeah, I was wondering
4: where the genetics came from. Is that from him? or Is it from your your husband as well, or
2: um, my father in law, not my husband, but my sister also. As oh a wow, of fact. that's weird. So yeah, it's it's in. I actually it was so funny because I was looking for some pictures of Brady when we were first. This is a total tangent. We were mm-hmm. first starting all of this, and uh, and Brady was one of the best men at our wedding. And so I was looking through wedding photos and I said, oh, here's one of him signing our marriage license. And I was like, oh, and then it's followed by the other best man, Steve, signing and then by my sister. And all three of them are lefties. Yeah, how about it? And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So but but Jack, I,
1: I, I golf righty. I, I play baseball and softball. Like I, I bat righty and I golf righty. I don't know why I decided to move to that side of the ball. But I yeah, I throw right, eat, brush my teeth lefty.
4: wait, wait. Okay, so you throw lefty, you Mm -hmm. do everything. You're pretty left hand dominant, but you're you're righty when you swing.
1: Yeah, I think maybe it's because I lead with the left. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the uh, on the on a bat, right? It's the bottom hand, the pull hand, right? And then on a golf club, um, it's the top hand. Which you could probably tell me more about. You know what the top hand does versus the bottom hand on the golf club. Um, But that's just that's just the way I am.
4: So I got I got a buddy who. we actually actually know a bunch of lefties too who play professionally and uh one of my buddies is is, is the same thing opposite so he like swings lefty um but he writes righty but uh, the thing about guys uh and girls who swing lefty they're amazing the other way so like because he does all the right-handed stuff we had this we had this one time where it was uh it was four four pros two of them were lefties two of them were righties and us righties suck at swinging lefty, and so <laughs> yeah, true. we what the what we did is we played nine holes. We went all the way to the all the way up tees, and the lefties had to play all the way back tees. And we just played straight up. And after nine holes, I mean, we were just like chunking it. We couldn't hit it straight. We couldn't putt lefty. And these these lefties who were righties were just hitting like the same club, beautiful shots as if they were, they were natural righties and went through nine holes and we finished all square. So uh, there's, there's something weird with lefties. They're, they're really good at, <laughs> at the other side. Well,
1: we're just really weird people in general. Um, I just <laughs> oh, happened to, I just yeah, I just happened to bat righty. Um, okay. So you leave college and you decide to turn pro. Um, mm-hmm. when you have had to, find places to play um you know illinois is not exactly the most golf conducive state um Mm -hmm. what did you do
4: yeah i mean so illinois is actually it's a good golf state except for the weather (laughs) component of it you know but it's uh there's so much there's so much a golf uh, history there and and good golf courses so i stayed um i worked at a golf club actually close to my school mistwood golf club Mm -hmm. um and that was in uh I was also in Romeoville and, uh, you know, I was a, I was a big, you know, part of their organization for, you know, for, uh, like later parts of high school till uh, about a year ago. And so um, because of that relationship, uh, they, uh, they graciously, you know, knew what I was doing. Um, and I had to basically come to the head Pro and, and, and GM and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do, what kind of privileges um, you know are, are you able to help me out? And, and they they extended their hand and I was able to play in practice there at Mistwood. Um, and so but you know as the weather was turning and stuff, you know if I were to take something back, you know I, Lewis University is a is a great university. Um, but if I were to redo it, you know, play golf and, and do that, I'd want to go to a warmer weather, weather state for sure. And that was, uh, that's what I needed to do when I turned pro.
1: Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you you think about, um, you know, baseball players, a lot of them come from Texas, Florida, Mm -hmm. you know, Southern part of California where they can play year round round. and Yeah. yeah, it just makes a ton of sense. Um, so, so where did you go? Was it, was it straight to Florida then?
4: yeah yeah so i spent the last summer after after college uh, i played um so you can either play as an amateur or play as a pro you can't play as you can't switch you know both so usually what people do is they play for an amateur as long as they can and then they switch pro because if you try and switch back it takes a long time but anyways uh so i played amateur uh the summer after graduating played a bunch of events and in september 2018 i turned pro and I went down to Sarasota, Florida. And the reason why I went down there was, um, I had a bunch of buddies who had been doing about who had been doing the similar thing, um, two years prior. Cause they were a little bit older than me. They're about two years older. So, um, I followed them. I got some roommates and, um, I haven't really looked back. It's been, it's been Sarasota and Sarasota only. And I, I love the place and, and it's, uh, it's just a good, good place to call home. And this is the first time, uh, you know starting october of 2020 i'm i'm here full time now so i'm a floridian
2: <laughs> not even a snowbird straight not up floridian even a, yeah, not oh, even a
1: snowbird kind anymore. of a snowbird i mean you know weather l- forced him south
4: yeah <laughs> a little bit you know i'll go back uh, i i'll go back up for probably 2 3 weeks uh, over the summer but um i'll pretty much stay down here i'm not looking forward to the uh, to the summers down here for sure
2: yeah that's rough I'm not a huge Florida fan. I'm not yeah. sure that's fair because I feel like <laughs> I've well, I feel like I've been down to visit Disney, um, mm. which is cool, but like that's this is not really about Florida. That's about Disney. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I I was in Tampa because uh, Lauren Marsh's grandparents were there, mm-hmm. so we were in Tampa. Mm. And then I was down in Orlando for work, and those are like my only real experiences. But like it's just it doesn't feel like my scene
4: okay so Too so humid, here's maybe. my take on it yeah yeah no, no no so florida i i thought going down i mean you always hear floridians and florida this you know all the, all the headlines <laughs> um and i had that going down i'm like oh crap i'm going to florida you know it's gonna be this this, and that but the thing was when where i went down in sarasota i'll say this is there's just a lot of there's a lot of midwesterners There's a lot of Canadians and there's a lot of like, I call them good East coasters where it's not the grumpy East coasters, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but I found so many, so many nice people here. And uh, you know, you get a little bit of the Florida vibe, but um, there's, there's plenty of gray hairs down here, but I found a lot of friendly people in the area I'm in now, but there are places in Florida that it is a little bit quote unquote uh, Floridian. So I hope I don't, I don't offend any um, Floridians because, uh, (laughs) My, my girlfriend in the other room is uh, a born and raised uh, Floridian, so. Oh yeah, keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. When Just she hears this, you might have softly. words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so okay, so you're you're playing the West Florida Golf Tour. Is that is that what that's mm-hmm. that's called? So tell us about about that experience. I know playing a lot of midweek uh, one day, two day tournaments, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I play mainly on the West Florida, basically because it's local um there's a lot of uh, what they call like mini tours um or developmental professional tours in florida specifically that's also the reason why i came down here um but yeah it's it's a pay-to-play system you know it's it's not a lot of money to be won and a good amount of money to be put up so um you know you'll play a one-day tournament and it's you know, about $230, not nothing, nothing crazy. But if you're not uh, the way that they break it down for paying, um, they pay the top 33% of the leaderboard. So if you're not breaking that top 33%, um, then you go home with $0. Um, So, you know, you can take a look, especially when you start off, um, you know, my first year, I, I played a lot of tournaments. And I, I think I cashed a check like three times Whew. No, it was just like That's it's rough. such a it's such a different world and, and I went from you know on top of the world in, in in college you know playing really well and even that last summer as an amateur and then you just turn pro and it's just it's a it's a very different um thing so yeah a lot of one two three day tournaments um you know you put up some money and all that money's put into the person. yeah not much to be not much to be had there but the reason why we do it is, is 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 not for you know, if anybody's trying to make money on the mini tours, they're crazy. Um, <laughs> we're we're really trying to uh, just get repetition and get on a status tour and you know, Corn Ferry and eventually the PGA tour. So Kelsey, I don't what know if you is a status tour.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: that's a great follow-up question. Yeah, go
4: go with that. Look at that. We're in each other's minds there. I don't
2: know what a status tour is, so someone's got to explain it to me.
4: (laughs) No, that's fine. So like, that's I I break down in like in like different stages. So like, the first stage is like the bulk of the people are there is that mini tour stage, um, and and open stage. So after that, it goes into different status tours. So status tours is like, um, so like we'll take uh, the corn Ferry tour, which is like right beneath the PGA tour. Um, call it like your minor leagues of the MLB or the AAA versus versus that um, farm system so, of golf. Exactly. No, it is a farm system, and cool. so so these status tours are basically you have to qualify you um, usually through through a thing called a Q school or qualifying school um, to earn status. And there's different forms of status. So um, there's a thing called conditional status where some t- some events you get in some events you don't get in and then there's full status which is you get into every single event. and there's there's i mean it's a whole world in itself and it's hard to really explain it um, you know too much but basically the goal is to get onto a status tour and there's different levels of status tours so the bottom I'll I'll, I'll start from top bottom so top top level tour is the PJ tour or if you go across the sea that's the European tour underneath that is the corn ferry tour. And then some other various tours, like in Europe, they have, um, one underneath it. And then there's even another level underneath that. That's PGA Canada, PGA Latin America. Uh, there's a tour called the sunshine tour in South Africa. There's PGA China. So like there's, there's a lot in it, but, um, it's, it's trying to get on those tours and those tours feed into other tours and yada, yada. the, big downfall with playing uh, the tournaments that I'm playing, you know, these mini tours is n- all kind of progress here. So if I have a good finish in a tournament, it does nothing for me moving to a status tour. It's basically like I said, it's pay to play. Oh, so there's okay. there's no, you know, the, the only thing you can gain from it is is either money from the tournament or some kind of recognition for maybe a sponsor coming along. But and it,
2: obviously development of your game
4: and you know. that's the important thing. Yeah. yeah. But you're not getting any, you know, uh, ranking in the world, there's official world golf ranking. You're not getting that. So wow. it's uh, in and I would and I don't know the exact percentage, but I would say of quote unquote professionals, um, there's probably I would probably say like 80 percent of professionals are in the in the mini tour, non status tour. Uh, place and everybody's fighting to to get a to get on to different status tours
1: so you're really trying to pay your dues here
4: yes paying paying my dues and um and even like the the status tour above is like it's it's not like corn Ferry tour which it used to be the nationwide and the and the uh, web com tour mm-hmm. yeah um that used to be less glamorous it's getting a little bit more traction but those guys are like you know, making a decent wage and able to kind of support themselves with their sponsorship, so life there is pretty good. The tours underneath that is it might as it might as well be mini tours. They just have like a special name with them, and you know, you can kind of get some status. But it's uh, it, yeah, it's not pretty living at, at this stage. Um, but you know, everybody's got to prove themselves. Yeah. Well,
2: speaking of naming of tours,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you mentioned the Corn Ferry tour.
4: Yeah.
1: What's up so with of that? course
2: I Googled it.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't this Owen's and, job?
2: And I wrote, well, I don't like sound like a complete moron, but I'm going to, because I wrote Korn, corn, C-O-R-N, mm-hmm. fairy, F-A-I-R-Y, and said mm-hmm. that's a really <laughs> weird name <laughs> for a <tour." laughs> So for all of our listeners who, like me, don't know, it's K-O-R-N-F-E. R R Y. And I'm going to look up why it's called that. Unless I think Jack it's was-
4: a, I think, I believe it's a marketing company. Okay. Um, got it. And, no, but here's the thing when it, it it's, it's pretty recent when it came out and I want to say it came out like a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. And it used to be the web, web.com tour. Yeah, and said every, that. you know, everybody would be, Oh, I'm on the web tour, web tour, web tour before that it was nationwide and it was like when it was nationwide and went to WebTour, everybody's like that's a stupid name the WebTour. <laughs> and then people got used to it and then as soon as it we went from little did they
2: know web the <laughs> corn
4: fairy people we like what is corn fairy and now it's stuck well you know, now i mean people it's, just it's corn fairy corn fairy yeah it's
1: just companies paying for naming rights right
4: yeah. yeah. Well, it must
2: be the same people that are paying for Comiskey. Because, yeah. Yeah. Dear God, guaranteed it just keeps right, getting yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm drawing parallels between the sports. There. Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: So so Kelsey, you you've met my uncle Dave before, right? On my it's mom's been a side. While, but yeah. yeah. Sure. So Dave Olson, um, is uh Jack? Is he caddying for you? What what exactly is he doing for you down there? <laughs>
4: He's actually the number one caddy in uh, in the nation right now. Um, <laughs> there you go. He hey, uh. uh so, yeah, he's, he's caddied for me for a lot of like really crucial events. Um, you know, obviously he's not a full-time caddy. He's got, he's got a wife, kids and, and other things going on, but, uh, he's, uh, he's caddied for, at, uh, for me for a lot of events and, and probably my most, uh, my, my biggest, uh, I call it a win, but biggest, um. Uh, you know win in my career so far was uh the illinois open last year where, where i finished second mm-hmm. and um wow. and he, he was there uh a, a lot along the way and um you know he, he's just been there for me since i started this whole process and before that and and my my whole thing with him and and uh he's your uncle you said right yeah
1: yep
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah um, he's so he's my he's my 62 year old best friend <laughs> that's, a good, you know, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> that's a good way to put it he's my he's my he's my best friend if 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 you know obviously he is but if he was my age we'd be hanging out every single day and um we're at different parts of our, of our life but um you know, he's helped me out with uh, uh, my marketing stuff and and, and everything so yeah I, I owe him a lot for all he's done does he does is he it... read
1: a lot of greens wrong or what <laughs> <laughs>
4: He, uh, you know what, uh, I, I don't go to him too much for reading screens, <laughs> but uh, he's he's nice to talk to and he gets me and he's and you know, a caddy is a very weird job. Uh, a caddy is you float somewhere between a, a business proposal and a friend. And uh, there's certain people that can't do it. Cause I know, and, and I'll say this publicly, is like, I would never, I, I, it'd be hard for me to have my, my dad as a caddy, my brother as a caddy um you know it's just you got to be able to That's call the too person personal
2: up. a little it's bit too personal. Huh? you got to you got to yeah. call
4: the person off you got to be unfortunately when you're on the golf course it, it's it's not that you you got it you sometimes you got to be a jerk but you just have to be dismissive sometimes you got to just like you're focusing on this one thing and you know hey can you grab a towel this and that you know and, but then afterwards it's it's thank you so much and 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 those types of things but you know, for the for the four hours, it's a different it's a different job.
2: And would yeah. you say that it's it's a bit of a mentor relationship? Then you said he was helping you with.
4: Oh, big time. Mar- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They Dave Dave's been um, one of my many mentors, uh, you know, it's it's uh, going through this whole process, um I've got a list of sixty something year old guys that have, that have helped me <laughs> out. I mean, it, it, seriously, it's 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 been such a blessing um to have so much uh you know great advice and, and great support. Um I like I said, I've I've got a whole yeah. whole list of them, but um they know who they are um when yeah. So it's re-
2: it's interesting you say that um because and I'm sorry Brady, I didn't mean to cut you okay. off Go ahead. Um, I just read, read something recently that they said, we'll have to have Owen figure out who they are, but <laughs> right. I mm-hmm. did read it in an article recently about how you should really look for mentors who are just a few years above you, mm. literally a few years older than you and just mm-hmm. a few years in your career path, because so much changes so quickly in today's yeah. workforce. Yeah. And, um, uh, personally, my, my mentor is in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And so I took a screenshot of it and sent it to him and, and laughed and said oh yeah they don't know us and he goes well <laughs> they probably think that you know maturity level I will I would have gotten <laughs> at least a little bit more mature and clearly that's not the
3: case
2: <laughs> and he's just a funny guy but uh, truthfully for me finding the value of mentorship was mm-hmm. something that surprised the hell out of me in the workforce yeah and it I mean it, it's just invaluable when you find those people who have been there and done that um, who can kind of take you along the path it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing.
4: No, oh, no, it is. And, and it doesn't even need to be in what, what you're trying to do. I think all my mentors, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a much better golfer than, than all of them, but like, that's not what you, there's so many things to life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I always use the mantra. Um, what was it? It's God, God gave you, uh, ears, eyes and a mouth, use them in that order. Um, mm. you know, you, just keep quiet listen to some good advice um and uh you know kind of carry on and give advice for you know when when people are coming on behind you um that that you've gotten. so
1: so jack this week um your tournament starts wednesday right the sarasota open what i'm reading for the from the website actually
4: i actually just i played a tournament today oh nice. Yeah. how to go <laughs> never a dull moment <laughs> uh, it was actually it was actually really good I, I i shot five under and i finished second for the tournament
1: hey congratulations yeah that's, um, that's yeah, so th- breaking par is like a bucket list item for me that will never happen <laughs> but um <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're a realist and a dreamer all yeah, in one, yeah Brady. yes
1: so um just,
4: you just need a lot of practice and patience
1: yeah i two things i don't have a lot of um so, what's a normal week look like? Like, like let's say Wednesday's your only your only tournament. What's a what's a normal week look like for you?
4: Um, you know, everything kind of preps for tournaments, and you you kind of shift your week around it. Um, and, and so, you know, there'll be some off weeks where you don't have a tournament. There'll be some weeks where you play three days of tournaments, and it's just dependent on what the availability is and you know where you are. You know, in your life, or if you can even, you know, get in it. Um, so, a typical week, it's just dependent. You know, I just got off the phone with with my trainer, and we were talking about how many days to work out with specific, you know, weeks. You know, so it it shifts around. But what you what you do develop, and um, a lot of people have a routine the day before a tournament. I think that there needs to be a routine like two days prior to a tournament, if you can. And you just like, it's not like everything's super focused on it, but you're making sure you're checking off the boxes that you need to, to get prepared for the tournament. Cause the last thing you want to do, you know, we're putting up, uh, you know, good money and, 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 you know, at this stage, nobody's, nobody's made their fortune yet. So it's, it's, it's other people helping out money. Um, so we want to make sure that we're hundred percent prepared before we enter in a tournament, even if it's. I shouldn't say even if it's just, but even if it's a one day for $230, you know, um, we're preparing those two, three days uh, in advance and everything else is, is, uh, you know, golf included. So I'll I'll say like when people ask me like how how often do I play golf or how often do I practice? And I I usually say I play golf probably like five, six days a week. And I've done a really good job at every week taking one day off. And it's not – You know, I used to think you got to grind it hard and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of pros now are saying like one day off just to clear, clean the plate and not think about golf and not do that. Just, you know, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the formula that seemed to be been uh, working out really well lately. So.
1: Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I mean us with quote unquote, normal jobs. I mean, we get Saturday and Sunday off. Sunday, right. Yeah. and I, you know, just the grind you're you're going through. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really, I I never knew until my uncle, you know, suggested you as, as a podcast guest. And I started looking at what the West Florida golf tour is and learning, Mm -hmm. you know, from your website about what you have to do to market yourself and, um, you know, try to politely ask people to support you. (laughs) Uh, I mean, how, come on, that's gotta be really awkward, right?
4: it's the most awkward thing ever and, <laughs> uh man when when i started it um because you know i was I, zero dollars i had zero dollars to my name and and, and in a summer I, people knew about it ahead of time but in a summer i had to to come up with some funds and you know i've i've been so lucky that people have you know just been there to help and and I have so many stories you know it's uh that's a that's a whole part of uh, pro golf in itself is these uh, fantastic people who are willing to um, aid you and what you're trying to do and, and and the reality is I used to have the mentality of like okay like I'll put up this you know this money and I'll give you eighty percent of it back you know this and that here's the reality like everybody who's trying to do this every cent that we make which is not a lot needs to be put back again double fold into the next thing and next thing and carry over and carry over so i used to call it an investment if if anybody was making this investment to make money it it would be silly these guys are here and and i could say this truthfully these guys are here doing it because they believe in somebody trying to chase their dream and if it works out then great, and and my mission, you know, I, I say this to everybody that tries to help out. My mission is to give, is to one day pay it forward, and 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 get to the point where you know, if if I make it on the PGA Tour, I want to pay back these guys, you know, tenfold, because. Um, not, maybe not tenfold, but twice, <laughs> twice as much as. as Don't as, make promises as, you can't keep. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I mean, it's like if they're with willing interest. to. With interest. Yeah, no, if they're willing to to invest at that, and they're they're not looking. Nobody that I've ever met that's helped me out is is looking for a dime back. But man, how I want to give it back to them so much. And and somebody put it to me, um really well. And, and it, it again, it comes from a weird space, but I've dealt with these feelings and I've dealt with it for two and a half years. And uh, the reality of it is I'm a 25 year old who, you know, doesn't have a lot of money trying to trying to make it. And. Right now, I'm at a point where I am, unfortunately, I can't give as much as I can as far as financials go to, to, to other people, I'm in a I'm in a point in my life where there's a little bit more taking on that side. And what I can give is, um, you know, my expertise in the game or to show people, hey, this is what I'm doing. And, and some people really like that. The, some people, the, the 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 take for them is is just uh, uh, seeing someone trying to do, do their best at something. So um, I, I really am looking forward to uh, later in my life uh, being that person to someone else.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Masters coming up later this week. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're recording on Monday evening, and uh, the tournament will start Thursday. Uh, we were talking uh, to Jack a little bit before uh, we started recording, Kelsey, and we were both shocked that as a golfer, he doesn't watch a ton of golf. Jack, wh- what's up with that?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't watch sports. <laughs> and here's the thing: when I when I sit down and I and I and I watch golf, all I do want all I want to do is play it. You know, it's it's not a it's not as enjoyable for me to watch as, as it is to play. Um, it's one so, of my
2: favorite things to fall asleep to. Yeah, I've to
4: heard say. that before. You're, you're not the first one to say I
2: that. actually, It's actually one of my favorite sports to watch mm-hmm. and also to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. So it's got like a double thing going for it. Well, but... it's, so,
4: it's so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's oh, this... It's nice. Yeah. Green scenery <laughs> and the way they hit their shots it's like they're scooping butter out of you know out of yeah. a plate it's nice <laughs> I've never, I have
1: never—I don't think ooh. I've ever heard that analogy before but I, I like, like it, it. There you go
2: <laughs> time. <laughs> first time for everything Brady <laughs> so uh,
1: regardless of whether or not you're you're gonna watch the masters um mm-hmm. you know who who pops into your mind uh, Jordan Spieth just won for the first time in almost four years mm-hmm. uh Dustin Johnson won it mm-hmm. back in November that's not that long ago Um, is there a a golfer that sticks out to you this week?
4: Well, I'm a, I'm a huge Jordan speed fan and yeah, keep
2: talking. (laughs) Yeah,
4: no, I really like him, And and there are kind of two camps, either people like him or hate him. And and I, I, I I get the criticism. He's a whiner on the golf course. I'll say that, you know, um, but he's, uh, uh, he's, he's so good. And he's just a, he's just a player out there. And, you know, I'm a small guy who doesn't hit it that far and he's, he's not small. He's taller, but like you know, he doesn't hit it that far and he's more tactician and, that, and that's my kind of style of golf. So I like to, I like to follow and watch players, um, like that and, and speed, you know, it's, uh, I was so happy to see him. I did actually watch him. I watched, I watched his 18th hole. I just happened to catch it. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, so that was about the extent of golf that I, that I watched on Sunday, but, um, you know, he was, he was in such a rut for, for a long time and it's so good to see him come out of it. And he just, he got out of his own way you know he was he was so good and and he won the masses he won all these tournaments and he decided I need to hit it further I need to do this and that and he already had the formula down and and uh, I think he's finding it again so obviously it's it's a high pick but I was Jordan Spieth is always a good pick you look at you look at all the his 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 resume is ridiculous I mean he he top twoed or he top three, like four times. One of them was a win. two of them were tied for second. We all know the one where he crashed and burned, Um, or, or I don't know if Kelsey knows it. But I'm sure Brady, do you know the one where he crashed and burned or no? Was that
1: the players or the, was it the masters?
4: That was the masters. Yeah. 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 was uh,
2: masters, wasn't it? The right, yeah. the year after he won or is that? Mm-hmm. No.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was the year after he won. So he finished second and then he won by a landslide and he was going to win most likely. And then he, he really screwed up yeah. the part three. Um, and so that, that was hard to watch. And, you know, it, I think, I think that got into his, his brain a little bit, but anyways, as far as this masters, that's an important thing. He's obviously one of the favorite picks and I would pick him. I would note this, that it's really tough when you win a tournament to go back to back. It happens all the time, but like, I always think of it like, the reason why he kind of won this tournament is he was getting really hot, hot, hot. And then like, he finally won, I would almost like to, (laughs) I would have rather him got second or third because, you know, that was kind of that thing. Yeah. But now the whole world's on his shoulders. He's expected to win uh, Mm -hmm. this tournament. I think it's going to be tough. He will most likely get somewhere in the top 10, but the masses is a crazy place. You know, it it can, uh, it surprises, it surprises everybody. It's just really who's, who's solid that week and who can handle the pressure, but he's, he's, he's looking really good.
1: One thing we're missing is the tiger roar this week. Um, and a lot of these younger golfers, you know, guys around speed sage, even Rory, who's a little bit older, but, um, you know, they they talk about the influence of tiger woods and Mm -hmm. you know, how they started playing golf because of tiger. And so I'm in, I'm in my, I guess we could call it mid-30s, uh, almost officially. Um, so I was, I was 10 years old when Tiger won his first Masters in 97. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in that range, you know, not, not quite as, as young as you and Jordan and, and some of those guys. But mm-hmm. um, wh- what about the influence of Tiger? I know you don't watch a ton of golf, but that influence has to be there, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. So there's a really good question, um, actually, on another podcast I listen to. But they always ask... Um, uh the pro golfers what is uh they call it a tiger tax how much of your winnings would you give back to tiger um if you were if you were able to uh because of how much he's done for the game not only just purse you know pumping it up but just you know they basically make the it like, relevant yeah i mean a lot of these guys you, you look at justin thomas he the reason why a lot of these people became who they are is because mm-hmm. of tiger woods um so a, a lot of them say they would give back about 50 of their money back to tiger woods so that's how much of an influence he's brought to the game it's tough to see yeah it's tough to see him you know not in this one for you know his his reasons for getting hurt um and uh you know it'll it'll definitely be a, a storyline for this but um it should be interesting to see him at the hopefully next masters <laughs>
2: Rory McIlroy does not think so. (laughs) Did you? You guys saw that quote? I think it was. Oh, it it was not far after, long after the crash. um, But he he kind of got a little spiky with reporters who kept asking about. Did he, you know, they think that Tiger was going to make it back and make it back. And he basically said, we should just be glad the guy's alive. Yeah, He's got kids. He's got a family. And that's the important part right now. And golf's not even part of the equation. Yeah. And I, I was, it was kind of interesting. I know they talked about it on ESPN for a couple of days. Cause they were mm-hmm. like, Ooh. Um, so I think he said it not in a bad way in any, by any means it was in a very respectful way. But yeah. um, he kind of said, yeah, I don't, I don't see him coming back anytime soon and stop, stop thinking he should. Well, really, yeah. the, the guy's lucky to be alive
4: <laughs> yeah he's right he he's a human first and a golfer second exactly you know, <laughs> people forget that yeah a little bit but so yeah.
1: so two-part question here jack um uh, uh what would you be doing if it wasn't for golf and then <laughs> when your playing career is over you know how however far you you go um what's mm-hmm. what's after your playing career
4: um okay So what would I do without uh, if it wasn't for golf? Man, that's a great question because my whole life is uh, surrounded around it and everything that I found is because of golf. So uh, my whole life would be very different. Um, (laughs) I would say I'd have to go back to like high school times and what I was interested in then. And I think I wanted to become a doctor. I like the sciences and um, God, I don't even know. My life uh, life was surrounded around golf when I was 12 years old. So um, I wouldn't be... Who I am now, I don't think I'd even resemble who I am now, so that's that's the short answer. Um, And uh, the second question was, um, you know, when the Koreans? Yeah, so everybody has to be realistic with with you know what they're doing. Um, Short story: There was a um, a guy, a finance guy, was talking about how hard it was for him to get a job at a firm, and he was saying, oh you know there was uh i was trying to you know get in this job and there was an 85% fail rate to to get the job and i and i thought about that and i'm like yeah the the rate, the fail rate that i'm doing is like 98% <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. right
4: <laughs> so you know it's reality it's so, check <laughs> yeah so it's it's so it's so high a fail rate. and You have to be realistic with yourself. You have to give yourself an opportunity to do it. But, you know, sit down with yourself at a certain point um, after you've tried it for a long time. Uh, I've been been at it for about two and a half years. I'm going to really, really reassess it after about four um, and, and see if I want to carry on or do something else. But um, I'm really, really interested in uh, the psycholo- psychology of golf. And being a sports psychologist, um, I I have a a sports psychologist that I see, and um, just trying to help people manage themselves and manage the game. Um, There's so little instruction. Everybody, when they want to go and get better at golf, they see a a golf instructor, which everybody needs to see a golf instructor. But they they help them fix the swing. There is, you know, that's about twenty percent of the game. About 70 percent of the game is the mental side and and just understanding the game on a deeper level and and i've been going through a lot of things with this and um you know i read a lot and that so that's something that really really interests me is is becoming a sports psychologist or a, a golf uh um not guru but like a golf um, <laughs> you know it's a, catchy
2: golf guru, golf guru right? <laughs> yeah more
4: like golf psychologist
1: <laughs> kelsey that's have you got I'm anything saying.
2: Yeah. The final question. Um, I know you don't like to watch golf, but who doesn't love a good movie? Favorite golf movie,
4: <laughs> favorite golf movie. Um, I really like tin cup.
2: Oh, that's one yeah. we haven't, we have not mentioned. It's been on this so podcast. long
1: since I've sat down and watched that movie. Oh,
2: so long. Yeah. We should, we should probably watch that. We,
1: we should.
4: It, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's usually Caddyshack or happy Gilmore, but, uh, <laughs> I, I like tin cup. It's, a, it's that you're not vibe.
2: a bagger Vance guy.
4: I'm a at- Actually, not a bag of pants. I've seen it Ooh. once, and I, I thought it was okay, but it, I wasn't like <laughs> My real husband sappy.
2: really likes it for some there's, reason. There's not a lot yeah. of
4: golf
1: movies. Like, compared no, to, like, baseball what... and football and basketball, there's
4: just not a lot of golf movies.
2: Well, what else yeah. is out there?
4: Not like good ones. a lot of good ones. Greatest game ever
2: played? Was that yeah, that one's okay.
4: I just don't like the sappy yeah. ones, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, you're yeah,
2: you're in trouble then because, uh,
1: Yeah. They play I'm golf in a lot of, of movies, but there's not a lot of movies about golf
4: right <laughs> you know the funniest dude- jam <laughs> yeah it's, you it's like ha- it's have you ever wa- if you ever watch happy gilmore for, for whatever reason if it's on just watch whenever he hits a drive it like goes down this hole and it's not a golf hole like the the way that they pan <laughs> through it's just it's it doesn't even resemble a golf hole and then a and greens at the end of it yeah that's funny yeah yeah um
1: okay last question from me i i booked yeah. my first tea time of the year this coming sunday Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I want to know from you, like what, what, what's the longest layoff you've ever had between rounds? <laughs>
4: <Ooh>. <laughs> Jeez, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> couple, couple hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> oh man. Um, I think the longest layoff ho- layoff has been injury. Um, oh. reason. And I just had some spasms in my back, like, like two years ago or, so, or when I, when I started on. So that was about two and a half weeks, but I would say without injury, I get antsy if I don't have like, if it's like three days. Oh, so man. <laughs> I okay. don't like, I don't like taking time off. I will say obviously when I was, when I was up North, I mean, it was six months. Yeah. Okay. But, um, now, now that I'm in warm weather, I don't like taking too many days off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's the situation I'm in is this will be my first round since I think mid September. Yeah. Um. So, my, my question is like, what, mm-hmm. what do you work on in that first round back? Like what, what do you, do you even <laughs> keep score? I mean, I mean, you, you probably do cause you're, you're, you're competitive with yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, you know, an average guy, I think the last time I calculated my handicap, I'm like a 16, you know, mm-hmm. I, I suck at golf, but I have a lot of fun playing. What, uh, what's something that maybe I should focus on on Sunday.
4: Okay. Keep, keep score for that first round it might be one of your best rounds for the whole year because when people come back for their first round they're not expecting anything and their brain's turned off they're just trying to hit the golf ball like how people should like athletes and then the second and third round starts becoming the worst worst rounds now if you work <laughs> on your game obviously you're going to be better for that summer but if you're just like cold turkey uh you know or starting from a long time your first round is probably going to be good so i'd keep score
1: okay Okay. But like short game, you know, driver, like, is there anything, you know, any, any segment of the game that, that you try to focus on that, that first round after a layoff?
4: The, the hardest thing that's going to be, um, the hardest thing after a, a layoff is the, usually the short game stuff, the feel stuff. So chipping is usually really, really rough for people. Um, and then, uh, and then putting and lag putting and that kind of stuff. So getting that feel of like I have to hit it a certain distance versus like a driver is just a driver. You know, you're, you're swinging the same speed every single time. So um, yeah, I'd key in on that. See if, you know, get to the get to the course early and just chip and putt a little bit, get comfortable on whatever the greens are. And I, I think you'll you'll shoot shoot a couple uh, strokes better. Awesome.
1: Well, hey, man, uh, we'll let you get going. I know you're, you're an hour ahead of us, so it's almost mm-hmm. 10 o'clock there. Um, enjoy your your tournament this week it's it's the the sarasota open is that right it's
4: the sarasota open and it's wednesday thursday awesome
1: well hey man best of luck uh, jackcorzon.com is the website go check out jack's story there and uh, hey man we'll, we'll be following along and i i'm sure we'll do this again because this was a lot of fun
4: awesome appreciate it thanks brady and kelsey
2: It was such a pleasure to have jack on it was really great to meet him uh, and be able to hear a lot more about what's going on in um, the different levels of one of our favorite games Um, so we'll probably talk a little bit about the masters next week once it's all said and done first uh, round starts on thursday so everybody tune in Um, and until next time i'm kelsey and i'm brady and we'll be back